Well, good afternoon and thank you for joining me again for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. A bit later in the program, I'll have a look at one of our Harvard Business Review tips. This particular one, delegate your work without fear of resentment. Then we're going to be having a chat with Christine a bit later on on the five steps to change. But right now we're going to talk to Kim Nicholson from HR on Hand. We're going to be talking about employee engagement. Good afternoon, Kim. Good afternoon, Julian. And thank you for joining us this week because um, we missed you out a couple of months ago with the uh, <laughs> when the corona hit. <laughs> So it's coming so, back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the first question, I suppose, is what is employee engagement? Yeah, look, there's a couple of different um, definitions. So um, the first one is employee engagement is the extent to which your employees feel passionate about their work and, and jobs and are committed to, to your business. And the second one is their willingness and ability to contribute to your, your business experience. Uh, success. So what's their, their willingness to invest in your business and, and getting it to, to kick goals and things along those lines? So uh, what is the difference between engaged and disengaged employees? Yeah, look, there's some really clear behavioural distinctions between engaged and disengaged employees. So it's actually quite easy to spot when you start to, to watch and, and observe. So a disengaged person um, will typically be somewhat negative, quite self-centred, um, perhaps uh, showing high levels of absenteeism, uh, motivated by money or what's in it for them, and doesn't show a lot of interest or connection to either their work or, or your business. Whereas an engaged employee on uh, employee, on the other hand, is, is quite optimistic. They're very team-orientated. They're willing to go above and beyond. They're quite willing to learn, uh, solution-focused, and they're, they're happy and feel a sense of ownership. So they've got passion and connection to what they're doing and to your business. So... Uh... Why is employee engagement important for my business? Yeah, look, it's super important for every single business business owner. And, and here's, here's a couple of reasons why. They help you retain uh, valuable employees or talent within your business. Um, they help you to improve employee relationships. So they foster that teamwork um, that helps to improve workplace morale. Uh, it helps to increase business efficiency and productivity helps to reduce absenteeism, helps to reduce staff turnover, so less people leaving, um, helps to improve customer service, which leads to better customer satisfaction. And I guess the result of all of those is is more profits for a business. So there's loads of reasons why it's important to, to engage your employees. So if, it, if it's so important, where do businesses typically go wrong with employee engagement? Yeah, look, it's, the workforce is increasingly complex and obviously the world has changed quite significantly uh, from even 12 months ago. It's, it's multi-generational, it's multicultural and everyone's got different preferences and perceptions around what makes a, a great place to, to work. So leaders need to be, a, or business owners need to be a little bit mindful of what might be a good experience for one person might not necessarily apply to, to someone else. And, and quite often as businesses, we try and make employees happy through some sort of perks. So whether it's, you know, casual Fridays, 
um, monthly morning teas, free soda machines, which are all are, are really nice to, to have. Um, but sometimes they're then taken for granted and seen as the norm and they kind of lose their appeal. So they don't create that overall better experience in, in the long run. And I guess the other most significant thing right now is that COVID, with COVID, a lot of workplaces look very different mm-hmm. to what they did sort of four, five and six months ago. So... And, and I guess some of the other reasons that businesses um, don't succeed is that they don't reinforce or share their vision and plan with their employees. So they don't talk and communicate what's happening. Um, they don't ask for feedback. Uh, they don't involve their staff. Um, they maybe micromanage uh, their people. And there's a lack of recognition. And I guess the biggest one is that they don't coach and develop their, their people. So so what builds or drives employee engagement in a business? Yeah, so look, employees are people first. They're just like you and I. Um, so they essentially want to know that the owners of the business are committed to making it a great place to work. They like to understand how their role fits into the business and how their work contributes to the success of the business. Um, they believe that the, the business, want to believe that the business will be successful in the future. Uh, they want to do meaningful work. They want to have positive uh, relationships with their co-workers and, and the leadership team, um, that they have all the necessary equipment to, to do their job, that they have the, the authority to do their job and accomplish their job well, that they have the freedom to make work decisions at their job level, that they might get recognition for good work done, not just for doing their job, but for doing really good work. Uh, learning opportunities, career development, and um, seeking feedback on business activities. So simple questions like what's going well and, and not not going well in terms of um, engaging your staff can give you some really invaluable information as a business owner. So what benefits could businesses see if they invested their time and or money into this uh, employee engagement? Yeah, lots. Look, even before COVID, um, employee engagement was fast becoming one of the top priorities for most businesses as a, as the results can be highly lucrative for businesses. So we've already mentioned that employee engagement can increase productivity. So uh, to give you a few stats, so in, in, engaged employees outperform their peers and overall businesses with high levels of engagement are 21% more profitable Um Employee engagement can reduce absenteeism and it can be as high as 41% lower, which is, again, quite significant. And, and having low engagement levels um, is, is a costly problem. That means turnover, sick leave, lower productivity, all of that sort of thing. So it can cost the business on average just over $4,000 to hire someone, about $1,000 to onboard them. So that means every time you lose a new employee, it costs you $5,000 at a minimum. Um, and then the engagement scores of an engaged versus a disengaged um, uh, workplace is about 78% difference. So um, you can rapidly increase, increase it to, to 78% when, when feedback is acted on. So if you ask your staff what's going well and what's not going well and then you take action on what's not going well, your, your engagement will go up versus it will reduce by, by as high as 39% when you don't do anything about it. With all those benefits for employee engagement, is this a bit silly to ask this last question? When's the best time to implement employee engagement? <laughs> right now, today, this week, this month. Um, 
look, there's very few businesses out there that haven't been impacted by COVID. Um, and as businesses get back to, to business, staff engagement is going to be really critical to, to getting things back on track and, and rebuilding momentum in your business really quickly. And you have a few tips for uh, how we can do that, which uh, we've run out of time to do that. So we might uh, revisit this subject in another, another time. Okay, no problems at all. Thank you very much for your time today, Kim. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Kim Nicholson there with uh, employee engagement. Yes, and uh, obviously now is a good time to really focus on employee engagement because many employees will be... Uh, concerned, worried about their future. Time to have a little chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. Another beautiful winter's day. It is. And another day that we want to stay inside. (laughs) Well, yeah, or or keep ourselves physically distanced and enjoy the outdoors as well. So there's less chance of contamination when you're outside as long as you're not in a big crowd. So, (laughs) you know, we need to take all the positives at the moment. So we're going to talk about five steps to change. Yeah, and, you know, on the back of, um, of the uh, economic discussions this morning, so, you know, the, the Treasurer said Australia's experienced a health and economic crisis like nothing we've seen in the last 100 years. is very true, but we also need to keep that in perspective. We need to realise that the globe is experiencing this together, so we're not on our own in having to come up with solutions to issues and problems, and also because of our interconnectedness with the internet, with digital with the access that we have to information, we are also better placed than we ever have been over the last 100 years to come up with solutions um, to issues and problems. And I thought what we might do today is do that five steps to to, um, actioning change because that way, if we think of things in small steps, they they seem to become more achievable um, and if we can break things down for people... We can take things one step at a time uh, and then, you know, the, there's greater relief. At the, those lights at the end of the tunnel um, feel like they are, are sunshine rather than the train wreck that um, some people would have us believe that we're heading for. Mm, yeah. So, so if we go, yeah, if we go want, through. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so number one is to make time. So make time to actually address the feelings of business owners, so the, the business owners themselves, and to make time to discuss our teams are failing because everybody is actually going through highs and lows at the moment. There are, there are you know, silver linings in all the discussions around what's happening with COVID-19. We need to acknowledge those, but we also need to acknowledge people's fears uh, and their concerns around the economy, around their families, around what this long term looks like. But So it's really important that we make time to address the feelings of our, of our teams, have those open discussions very empathetic, bring the EQ um, and bring the EQ along with the um, intelligence quotient as well. Mm. Number two, I think it's really important to be able to show people case studies of how certain businesses have managed to pivot. You know, we mentioned a few of them last week yes. um, and, and have those those hits of reality where we go, you know, this is possible. People are doing things. Um, it is okay for us to have a look at things in a different way and to get some different ideas on the table. So I think that's really important is to have those case studies. Let those case studies um, sit with your teams or the people that you want to bring into the changed conversations for a couple of days and then organise a design thinking boot camp or an ideation session or just a, you know, let's throw spaghetti at the wall session with people because it's when we get into those active adrenaline 
fueled brain dumping stages um, that some fantastic ideas are born. And even if it's not the idea that ends up being the final idea that people action, at least we've started the process. So number three is, does it have the design thinking boot camp or the ideation session, whatever you want to call it? Number four is then sleep on it. Again, let these ideas fester underneath, see where they lead, see how you feel about them a couple of days later, um, and then start the process of running them past external people. So people who don't really understand what the, they haven't been involved in a conversation and therefore you have to be really clear for them to understand the direction that you might be taking and see how many people think it's a good idea or, you know, see whether they have they actually cotton on to what it is that you're trying to produce. So A, giving it some resting time and letting it letting it bubble, letting it surface, letting it um, being able to articulate what that is and then running it past some external people. And then clearly number five is if all those yeah. feel good and go well, create the action plan. Mm. How are we going to step this out? Does it need a new name? Where are we going to go to, to get the expertise that we need? How do we develop it within our team? So important to put that action at the end because uh, often we come up with lots of good ideas and, and they're always going to. Yep. And, you know, my favourite quote is, you know, ideas without execution are hallucination. So mm. yeah. we do need the action yeah. plan, definitely. Yeah. yeah, great. Well, thanks for your time again. Stay safe and we'll have a chat with you again next week. Likewise, Julian. Have, you know, have a lovely week. Bye. Bye-bye. Christina there going through those steps to change. And, uh, yeah, it's all important to have that little bit of brainstorming, isn't it? Uh, whether it would be with a group or we, these days we can do it uh, on Zoom and uh, do a bit of brainstorming there. But at the end of the day, we need to make some, some uh, action, make something different. Time for our Harvard Business Review tip. This particular one, delegate your work without fear of resentment. Despite the benefits, many managers feel uneasy about delegating work to their teams. One main concern is that your staff will resent the additional work. If you want to build a foundation for effective delegating, you can't jump grunt work on people. You have to manage their expectations with open discussions. Let them know they'll get opportunities to do new and interesting work. Explain how new projects will expand their capabilities and that you'll support them as they make their own decisions. When you have dull administrative work or a beastly project, such as organising cluttered image library, be upfront about it. Acknowledge that it may be beneath your employees' abilities, but it has to be done. Give the reasons why. Providing a larger context will lessen the sense of drudgery and motivate your employees to complete the work without resentment. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at the importance of employee engagement and uh, certainly it's probably really important right now and some of those five steps to change. In a moment, we'll have more of your easy listening favourites. Next week, we're going to chat about strengthening your team post-COVID with Pip Scott Allen from Premier Team Building. We'll have one minute on innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. Until then, I'd love your company uh, uh, next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week and... As Will Rogers once said, 
Don't let your yesterdays take up too much of today. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.